Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson, and we are moving on to week four. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Hello, I'm Carson, and uh, as we always talk about in this videos, I've taken a, a bigger lead on the matchup predictions um, in the past three weeks. I am currently 28 for out of 48 i guess 28 and yeah. 20. 28 and yeah. 20 and then blake is and an even 50 percent 500 yep. yep so i have a four game lead and uh i mean this is a little a fun side thing that we're doing along with the season but yeah it is uh it's interesting and uh yeah that's all i got well i think it i think what it well i think what it really speaks to is the parody in the league right yeah. now um because a lot of the times i mean very infrequently are we picking the underdog but it does show that even when you pick the favorites, most of the time, like in my case, it's a 50-50 shot yeah. whether you'll be right. Yeah. So it's interesting. It, the league is exciting um, as ever, although running backs have been horrible. No kidding. Um, and we'll talk about that throughout the show. Uh, but try not to harp on it too much. I think that for a lot of the top-end players, you know, guys you took in the first and second round at running back, they're going to figure things yeah. out as the season progresses. Yeah. And just, you know, be mindful. Don't panic too much. And uh, let's go ahead and get into this with our Thursday night matchup, which, of course, is the Miami Dolphins playing the Cincinnati Bengals. The, undefe- the undefeated Dolphins. Sorry, I just had to add that into the mix. Wow, okay. Local Patriots fan here. <laughs> we don't like that the Dolphins are undefeated. But I will say this. They look really good. And... Yep. Um, let's go ahead and talk about them. The, th- the first thing I want to talk about, though, is how lopsided this game was despite the final score. Uh, Miami ran 39 plays on offense compared to Buffalo's 90. Jeez. Um, <laughs> they had um, Buffalo outpossessed them 40 minutes to, like, 19. So, wow. I mean, you know, 40 and some change, 19 and some change to get to 60. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a very lopsided affair, and in spite of that, the Dolphins figured out a way to win. Um, and I just want to say, in terms of real NFL takeaways, Miami looks—I mean, they're one of the two undefeated teams still remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but they look legit in a sense. I mean, especially on the offensive end. Um, and I mean, Carson, what were your main takeaways? Yeah, I feel like if I was to make a power ranking for every team, I would still have the Bills ahead of the Dolphins, despite the result of that game. Um, but they do look legit. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you there. Um, obviously, a poor performance on the offensive end of the field by the Bills in that game. Um, you know, with with ninety offensive plays, you would expect them to score ninety points. <laughs> Um, so honestly, like it's not a, uh, it's not the expected outcome for the Bills, yeah. considering how much offense they had in that game. Uh, and of course, a missed field goal ultimately did decide the game, although not in the closing moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to put too much blame on the kicker. Of course, they could have scored a lot more touchdowns with how many plays they yeah. ran. Um, but you hate to see that. So. I, you know, and I was a little biased in this case. I was hoping the Bills would be undefeated when I went to go see them play the Chiefs in week six. Mm. Um, but alas, both teams lost, as we'll get to later on. But um, let's go ahead and talk about some fantasy now that we're about three or four minutes into this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, my main fantasy takeaway from this game, because you can't read too much into the stats, 
only having 39 offensive plays. Yeah. That being said, Chase Edmonds is a risky touchdown-dependent flex. Um, Raheem Mostert is leading in snap percentage in back-to-back weeks. And I'm just concerned that, you know, if Chase Evans doesn't get those two touchdowns on the ground, that people are going to be looking at him and being like, wow, this guy's barely getting used at all. Um, what am I supposed to do with this guy? So obviously the touchdown saved you last yeah. week. Um, Carson, you want to Yeah, as someone, I have Edmonds and now have Mostert too. Um, Edmonds would have had like three points and change if it wasn't for the two touchdowns. He scored 15 total. Um, so that's not super exciting. I think he had like six touches, but again, this is kind of a weird offensive day for the team. But you don't yeah. like to see Mostert leading snap percentage back-to-back weeks. That's bad. And of course, whenever yeah. Mostert has this role that takes away value from another running back, it's the season where he's the most healthy. So that's great. But that's probably why he's staying healthy, because he's not actually looked at as the RB1 on the team, even if he's taking mm-hmm. uh, most of the snaps some weeks. Um, but it's weird. You, you want Edmonds to get more receiving work to have a higher floor, but again, you can't really pull from this game, but that's not really what happened here. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and it does show, at least on Sleeper, when with the, uh, the team depth chart feature, that Chase Edmonds is ahead of Raheem Mostert despite the uh, snap percentage discrepancy. Uh, let's talk briefly about Tua Tungabailoa. So his status on a short week obviously is questionable at, at the time of this recording. Um, they're claiming it's an ankle and a back injury, but if you saw the clip that a lot of us have seen of Tua, or if you were watching that game live, you saw Tua uh, just absolutely bash his head up against the uh, turf. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously still with the helmet on of course but um that contact is i I mean it just seems like it's the definition the textbook definition of something that would cause a a concussion and he's stumbling on his way back to the huddle and looks shaken up and all of this happens prior to halftime they take him straight to the locker room he is with the medical staff there and to many people's surprise um, he comes back out and finishes that game. So there is an NFLPA uh, investigation underway on how the uh, concussion protocol was uh, administered in that game. And that's interesting. So there may be some disciplinary action mm-hmm. taken against the Dolphins again this season, as there already was earlier. Um, so that's something to monitor. But in terms of fantasy football, Tua's still I, I mean i like i like the matchup honestly i don't think the Bengals defense scares you if two is good to go and not limited by his injuries or you know what lingers as a potential concussion then i'm, I'm still comfortable starting him this week um carson anything to add to that yeah i mean if you had him as your qb2 or picked him up off the waivers beginning the season you got to be uh, pretty happy with that decision um because he definitely wasn't drafted like a qb1 no not at all uh, let's go ahead and switch to the other side of this game, which I was trying to get out there when we first started, but um, the Bengals, I, I hear, are going to be rocking the white helmets. This oh, game. yes. I actually did see a post about that. I think those are really cool. Maybe it can inspire them to get another win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Joe Mixon, which I started at the beginning of this talking about fantasy running backs underperforming. 6.8 fantasy points for Joe Mixon. He got 12 carries for 24 yards and had seven targets, only caught three for 14 yards. Uh, played 66% of the snaps. Now, this was a little bit due to an injury. Um, he has a bit of an ankle issue going on. 
Uh, head coach Zach Taylor says Mixon will be good to go for Thursday Night Football. Of course, this is getting uploaded on Thursday, so if something's changed, understand that uh, this was recorded the day prior. Um, but if something changes, Samaj P. Ryan is performing well in Mixon's absence in this game. Had nine carries for 47 yards. You like the efficiency mm-hmm. there. And also two catches on two targets for 14 yards and a touchdown on only 34% of the snaps at the Jets. So, you know, there's a bit of a caveat there. They were playing the Jets, but I expect also a second-year running back Chris Evans to be kind of more involved in the pass-catching role if uh, if Mixon were to be inactive. So the other thing that we'd li- I'd like to talk about is Tyler Boyd. And I'm going to direct this question at you, Carson. <laughs> News or noise on a 20-and-a-half-point fantasy day? probably noise because he does this every once in a while i mean you're you're rostering him um because he has weeks like this but at the end of the day there mm-hmm. are a lot of weeks where he falls you behind, don't know when they're coming yeah, you, he, where he falls behind chase and higgins because that's what you expect i don't know if this was a long touchdown from looking at these stats but if it was that's even more evidence for the fact that this was a little bit um unsustainable uh, for Tyler Boyd, because it's just a big touchdown play and a few catches. I mean, you're not you're not getting super excited about a guy with five targets on a team that already has Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So, yeah, probably noise because this happens. If you're new to the situation, uh, Boyd will go back to doing single digits for a few weeks and then do this again. So that's just kind of how it goes with him uh, with his role on the team. Yeah, for Boyd, uh, the touchdown catch was a 56-yarder. Mm-hmm. So a big play kind of made his day there um, as you were alluding to. But yeah, I think, you know, probably he's mostly viewed as an insurance policy. If one of the, one of, if something happens to T Higgins or Jamar chase. Um, But yeah, I I think don't make too much of a fuss over this game for Tyler Boyd. Um, You ready to pick this game? Yeah, I think I am. And the Bengals are the favorites, but because they are home, this is tough, especially if two was inactive and you're waiting for me. Um, I am because, well, I got to make up that difference, but um, I, I will say their backup's not the worst person in the world in terms of backup quarterbacks. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. You're familiar yes. with him, of course, yes. um, as a former Broncos uh, player, we'll call him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so <sighs> if things don't work out, the talent in the receiving core is still going to be there. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is, an, is, a, is a game changer. Um, and I see you're hovering over Miami right now. I'm changing it. Now switching back to the Bengals. I'm, going I'm giving a live commentary I'm here. going Bengals. You're picking the Bengals. I think I'm going to stick with you. This is not the game that I think I'm going to make my difference up here. Um, I'm also going to take the Bengals at home. I think that, that those white helmets are going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> they're gonna be an extra motivating factor. I think they look really cool, like you yeah. said. and. Uh, and, and I mean, they're going into yeah, this we'll game. They're going into this game one and two, whereas the Dolphins are three and zero, oh, and they're home. I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna have more of that heart for this one. And we can't forget what this team did last season. Um, so it's not like they're pushover, even if the Dolphins are in good form. So, but it could really go either way. This should be a good game. Yeah, I'm hoping Joe Burrow keeps that momentum going from from week three yeah. and and takes it to the Dolphins. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the London game, eight <laughs> thirty Central Time on Sunday morning. All right, I'll stop doing that. Um, <laughs> let's do the whole segment. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's Vikings against the Saints, 
And first person I want to talk about, it's going to be a theme on this show this week, Dalvin Cook. A little bit of a little bit of a bounce back game, uh, considering what he's done for you lately. But it was 13 and a half fantasy points. Uh, he's got that dislocated shoulder injury. He's considered day to day. And most reports are indicating he's going to wear a harness and play in this game. And, you know, we, we all know that Alexander Madison is basically Dalvin <laughs> Cook's clone when it comes to uh, Cook missing time and, and Alexander Madison getting the majority of the workload. Um, so if Cook is ruled inactive, then obviously plug in Alexander Madison. But... You know, we saw Dalvin Cook play with that harness, I think it was just last season, Mm -hmm. and performed really well. So he's used to doing this kind of thing. Um, Obviously, the matchup isn't fantastic. The Saints defense is pretty formidable. But, um, you know, if you have Dalvin Cook, you have to start him if he plays. And that's kind of just the takeaway there. Um, Next, I want to talk about K.J. Osborne. He got 18.3 fantasy points on eight targets, had five catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. And to me, this is similar to the Tyler Boyd situation. As of now, he's still the wide receiver three on the roster. Um, You know, Adam Thielen's not looking the best so far. And obviously, you know, the elephant in the room for this roster is that Justin Jefferson's getting locked up in consecutive (laughs) weeks. Um, But... The talent is definitely still there. I'm not panicking on Justin Jefferson, but I am saying that as of right now, KJ Osborne's still the number three, and I'm not exactly rushing out to uh, plug him into my lineups anytime soon. Anything down no, there? No, I agree. I think the comparison to Tyler Boyd is very fair because he, he's behind uh, Jefferson and Thielen. Um, and, I mean, I know Irv Smith didn't do great this week, but he has in prior weeks with getting targets, so just another person to add into mm-hmm. the mix. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. Cool. Um, well, talking about the Saints, Michael Thomas uh, left this game at one point with a toe injury, and it's not considered serious. Still want to go ahead and monitor his status. He got you just under 10 fantasy points, uh, 5 for 5 for 49 yards. And here's the thing with Michael Thomas. I think that he's probably still the most talented wide receiver on the team, So if he's healthy, obviously I'm playing him. Um, But let's talk about somebody who might be challenging him for Mm -hmm. that role, and that's Chris Olave. 23.7 fantasy points. So it has to be mentioned that uh, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas were both absent for portions of this game, and I think Chris Olave kind of, you know, took that slack and ran with it. Um, So 13 targets, had nine catches for 147 yards. Uh, he's had 13 targets in back-to-back weeks. And I'm going to ask you, is it time to sell high on Chris Olave, or is this a rookie breakout? So I think what I'll say is that um, if you want to basically pawn him off for a running back um, as a sell-high option, I think I would do that. But I think in terms of wide receivers, I think he's kind of legit. So if you're just trying to target a different wide receiver, I don't know if I would really do that. I'm not going to say he's doing this every week, but he's getting the targets... Um, Michael Thomas is seeming like a sort of different player, different type of wide receiver archetype than he has before. And Olave is getting a lot of targets. I think it comes, I was just going to say, I think that comes mostly from the quarterback play. You know, Jameis Winston is a much different quarterback from Drew Brees. Yeah. And, and so, you know, from that perspective, I think Michael Thomas is kind of filling the role that this offense is built around. 
Um, Chris Olave leads the league in air yards. Wow. Which is like how far, by like a large margin, like 100 plus yards. I think 160 or something. So uh, Jameis is slinging that thing, and Chris Olave is the target on most of those balls. Yeah. And and that is, that's valuable, uh-huh. obviously. Um, that's big play upside. And so I agree with you in terms of you're probably not going to improve at wide receiver yeah. for with Olave involved in the trade. Um, but it is an interesting thought because uh, in terms of picking up a running back, obviously uh, none of them are really doing a lot mm-hmm. right now. But in terms of, you know, maybe you buy low with a sell high candidate, you know, yeah. you combine those two factors and you can get a pretty good haul. So uh, something to consider, I think, Obviously, along your same thought process, it's probably not the norm that he's putting 20-plus up every week, but the workload's there. It's just something to consider. I thought it was interesting. Uh, And I see you've picked the Vikings for this one. Yeah. (sighs) The Saints just don't look very good. And I know that uh, Jameis Winston's dealing with an injury as well, so I'm going to go with you on this one as well, Uh, picking the Vikings to win. They are the two-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. So, up next, we've got the Seattle Seahawks playing the Detroit Lions. And this is our, you know, just a season ago, (laughs) this would have been a pretty, like, just dumpster fire of a game, I feel like. Um, But the Detroit Lions are looking pretty good, I got to say. Um, And I want to say that they kind of disappointed me a little bit last week because I think I picked them to win. And yeah. yeah, that's right. You picked the Vikings to beat them, and you got that Barely. point. But, um, <laughs> very much so. It was a four-point game at the yeah. end. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the Seahawks here. I want to talk specifically about the running backs. Now, Rashad Penny got you 7.9 fantasy points. He had 14 carries for 66 yards. Caught a ball for three yards. Just kind of meh. Not really great. Played 69% of the snaps. He is still the lead back by all indications, uh, but he is very much so touchdown dependent. I, you know, we've talked about the pass catchers on this offense. You know, I think you probably, based on what they can provide, you probably should be starting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett every week. Um, but in terms of these running backs, uh, they're, they're a flex for Penny. And then with Ken Walker, only 6.3 fantasy points. He only played 13% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to keep holding him on the bench because, you know, at some point, Penny's going to break down. It's just part of his – well, he really no, is. It's just, it's just part of his career path. Um, he's He has injury history, and Ken Walker is talented. I mean, he had – he averaged over six yards a carry on the three carries that he yeah. got, small sample size, obviously. But, I mean, he looks like one of the most talented running backs coming into this draft class, and – I think if you continue to hold him on your bench, at some point he's going to have to pay off. But uh, this offense is pretty desolate when it comes to running backs right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. I do not drop Ken Walker because of all the things you just said about Rashad Penny. I mean, you know, if he had a full career Hall of Fame first ballot, in my eyes, <laughs> it's the running joke I have with him. And look, he, he was running efficiently, yeah. but um, he, he's not getting the volume to be a... Uh, a starter that you're super excited about. How about that? But then Ken Walker behind him because he does have injury uh, problems in the past. So, yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. So let's talk about the Lions, who have the exact opposite problem as the Seahawks in terms of their running backs. Mm. Uh, they've got 
two running backs that are inside the top seven in fantasy wow. scoring through three weeks. Um, and I want to check that because I no, yeah, that's correct. Um, because Jamal Williams is just pulling out touchdowns out of his little rabbit hat. Um, <laughs> two touchdowns in two of the three games he's played so far this season. Here's the thing. If those touchdowns aren't there, people are talking a lot differently about Jamal Williams, but he keeps getting the goal line work. So it seems more likely than not that he's going to continue to get those those touches, especially when you consider that DeAndre Swift with a combination of a shoulder and an ankle injury uh, he could potentially miss multiple weeks. With a week six bye, uh, Dan Campbell has said that Swift could be rested through that week six bye, returning in week seven, and be in a position to be fully healthy after that uh, after that stretch and take that, work, that, that role back in this offense. I mean, Jamal Williams is performing well. 20 carries for 87 yards, two touchdowns, and two catches for 20 yards. Um that was only on 45% of the snaps, mind wow. you. I, I mean, it's just they have a uh, they have a pretty strong backfield on that team, and so there's a consideration that DeAndre Swift might be held out for a few games. Um, obviously, that hurts. Go ahead. Yeah, I feel like you didn't feel like this last season, but I think Jamal Williams is now can be looked at as a premier handcuff because um, you got to remember what he did on the Packers behind Aaron Jones when he was given opportunities. So he is a valuable sure. player to have. Um, Sometimes in front of Aaron Jones. Yes. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Exactly. Um, there was a whole, like, feed Aaron Jones thing because he kept on getting uh, vultured, like Swift kind of is. Right. Um, right. So... Yeah, Jamal Williams has a very uh, uh, colored history with being part of committees. Yeah. That's just the reality. But I agree. I, I don't think you can start him if Swift is there because the touchdowns do change everything, and that's just not something I want yeah. to bank on with a starter. Right. Um, but yeah, premier handcuff in my eyes now. Yeah, and I also want to mention uh, Craig Reynolds, who, you know, just a few, like, uh, two years ago, you didn't know it, you even didn't even know the guy's no. name. Yeah. Um, but... Be aware that Detroit has deployed a committee approach whenever Swift has missed games in the mm-hmm. past. Uh, Reynolds has limited usage in the past game when he plays, um, but we've seen him kind of pop up and, and be involved in this backfield whenever Swift misses time. So I think just just bear in mind that if you start Jamal Williams, that uh, I believe he's number 46. Number 46 might be running, uh, running the ball. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and um, on any given play this game... Uh, just be aware of that. I don't recommend starting Craig Reynolds, obviously, um, but just be mindful that that's gonna that's probably gonna take place here. Uh, you're picking the Lions here. I'm definitely not picking the Seahawks, so I'm gonna be with you on that one. Uh, no offense, Hawks Nation, but um, yeah, in Detroit too. We're going Lions on this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, four and a half point favorites at home. I think that's a pretty uh, safe choice there. Yep. Uh, let's talk now about the Jets and the Steelers. So, you know, I say this with a heavy heart because it's been confirmed today that Zach Wilson's coming back to start oh for the Jets. I've got a bit of a, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, I don't know how to put it nicely, but I just, I don't, I don't like the player. Not as a person, of course, but like, <laughs> of course, as a, as a talent, as a talent on the field. Um, I just think that he's no good, and no good for this team either. The, the best thing he does for them is he delivers high draft picks. So, 
Let me just say this. I'm talking about the running backs first. Michael Carter got five and a half fantasy points. Uh, nothing really special here. The thing to note is that it was the first game this season where he had fewer than 60% of the snaps. He finished with 49%, and you know what that means. The rookie, Brees Hall, played on 51% of the snaps. So there might be a a changing of the guard here, as we say. Uh, Brees Hall had 15.2 fantasy points, now very efficient. Uh, Eight carries on 39... uh, Sorry, eight carries for 39 yards. Uh, but it got 11 targets in the passing game, caught six of them for 53. You love that number. I know you're salivating over <laughs> yeah. there. Um, I think but if I can jump in, oh, I ahead. think what's important yes. here is, uh, well, one, him overtaking him in snap percentage, but also just the difference in targets for, like, that makes you feel better about Zach Wilson coming back because, you know, little dump-offs are running mm-hmm. backs. Uh, anyone can do that. So if Brees Hall is getting all of that work over Carter, think, I think that keeps think. Brees Hall's floor pretty high, and uh, he's trending in the right direction as far as uh, the snap count. So, yeah, I'm not too worried. I know we'll talk about what Zach Wilson will do other players later on um, with the Jets, but I don't, I'm not too worried about Brees Hall yeah. with him personally. No, I'm with you. I think, you know, with double-digit scoring in three consecutive weeks, obviously my only reservation is that Zach Wilson's the quarterback now, but I feel I feel fairly comfortable flexing Brees yeah. Hall. And I think I'm going to fade Michael Carter uh, this week. It just, it just you know, the, the tides are shifting, and it seems like it's going to be Brees Hall's backfield, um, his job to lose. And I know that we're kind of, you know, hyping up a 51-49 to 49 split, but it's really just that it's it's shifting from you know uh, a 60 40 yeah. and kind of trending in the, in the opposite direction. So um, that's how I feel about that. And then on to the pass catchers, Tyler Conklin obviously filled in very well for me, uh, replacing Dalton Schultz last yeah. week. Got 16.4 fantasy points. Uh, his targets through three weeks are seven, nine, and eight. So the I mean the the. The workload, the target share is there. Um, obviously, I'm hoping that that remains the case with Zach Wilson in at QB. Um, but let's talk about the other pass catchers here, the wide receivers specifically. The rookie Garrett Wilson, 12 fantasy points. He had 10 targets this week, had 14 the week before, and 8 in week 1. Now, obviously, Joe Flacco has been throwing the ball about 100 times every game. So, I mean, that helps in terms of inflating everyone's target numbers. But uh, Garrett Wilson, he's been performing well, especially these last two weeks where he really blew up. Um, Elijah Moore, on the other hand, has been very disappointing. 8.9 fantasy points in this uh, previous game. Single-digit fantasy scoring all three weeks. Um, so I'll ask you if, if you're starting any of these pass catchers, who is it this week? Probably. Oh, that's tough. I don't really want to have to start either of them. I want to see what happens with Zach Wilson, but I would say for familiarity purposes, Elijah Moore. But although Elijah Moore's biggest games were without Zach Wilson, I'm just saying because they have chemistry from last season. So I would bank on him over the rookie, but Elijah Moore's best games weren't even with the rookie. With uh, Zach Wilson. I'm really surprised by that. That's interesting. So, for me, I'm thinking at where you drafted Garrett Wilson, he was probably like your fourth wide receiver, maybe your third if you waited. So, well, I mean, honestly, right? Well, I feel like, if anything, maybe even the fifth. 
Okay. Okay. So, and that, that's kind of what I was thinking. But, okay. You know, things have things have changed obviously in the first three weeks with your roster. Mm-hmm. The, you probably don't have exactly who you drafted. But my point being, he's been the guy that has been getting the looks and uh, producing on the field. I'm really surprised that you're leaning towards Elijah Moore, who hasn't done well, anything. I'm not leaning towards either of them, if I'm being honest. I'm just looking. <laughs> I'm looking at some stats okay. real quick, and the the least, the fewest amount of times that Flacco was throwing the ball this season is 44, and Wilson never did that yeah. last season. Never eclipsed 44. His highest no. was 42. So, well, and okay. he completed 19 of those. Fun fact. Hey, is that good? <laughs> no, it's not. He never had sorry, more than 23 sorry. completions. Oh, God, I forget how bad this guy is. <laughs> that, okay, thank you. That's what I was saying. Like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a dick about it. But, like, uh, okay, first of all, just remember, Patriots all the way, Jets stink. But, um, no, let's just, let's just say, let's just, let's just call it how it is. Zach Wilson is not the answer for this team at quarterback. Yeah. And... It's suffering. The, the 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 skill position players on this team are suffering anytime he's on the field. I don't know why they feel so committed to him. I mean, I, I get it. He was the second overall draft pick, but um, yeah, it's just like everyone seems to perform better when they get the opportunity. Remember Mike White? Yep. Remember Mike White coming in and, and making what plays like that. That was a real thing that happened when when Zach Wilson missed time last year. So I don't want to get too you know excited about all this, but. I think, if anybody, the, probably the person that you feel safest starting would be Tyler Conklin. Um, he seems to have the most likely chance of finding the end zone from Zach Wilson, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm, I'm leaning towards fading all of my pass catchers on this team that I may roster uh, just in favor of seeing what happens when Wilson actually hits the yeah. field. So let's go ahead and move on to the Steelers, the other side of this matchup. Obviously, uh, they are the home team favored by three and a half points. And I'll just say this. It's really it's really brief. You have to continue starting Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Uh, George Pickens had an awesome catch that just kind of took social media by storm. And outside of those two players that I already mentioned, nobody seems to be reliable in this offense because after that catch, he kind of just disappeared in that game. And it's like, wow, this guy's capable of making this kind of play and you're not getting him more looks? Like, what is that about? So I I think it kind of falls on Mitch Trubisky. I know Steelers fans are pounding the table for Kenny Pickett to start. Um, I think Mike Tomlin's going to probably hold off on that as long as he can because he's got a reputation on that team of, you know, producing winning seasons. And I think in his mind, putting out a rookie QB is a little too uh, risky to, 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 to produce that kind of outcome. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it'll happen at some point this year, but I don't know when, and uh, nobody does at this point. So let's go ahead and pick this game. I think, based on our conversation, despite not having a lot of good things to say about the Steelers, uh, we're picking them to win this game. Yeah, honestly, I'm picking the Jets if Flacco is starting. I'm not even going to lie. That's, uh, you know what? I don't fault you for that. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think, I think, think you're not far off on there, honestly. I just looked but, at um, Zach Wilson's stats again. <laughs> right, yeah. If, if you need a refresher, scared. look up his game log from 2021, and it is not pretty. No. Nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 
uh, played the majority of the games. I think 14, I want to say. So he's just not the answer, man. No. Um, <laughs> speaking of, let's go ahead and move on to the Bears at the Giants. And Justin Fields, how about him, huh? Eight completions on 17 pass attempts for 106 yards and two interceptions. Wowee. Uh. So we th- <laughs> I know, you have your barf bag ready? I need to get because, it ready. my goodness. Yeah, we thought week one was a fluke because of the weather, yeah. and that's completely fair, completely reasonable. Uh, fun fact, that was his best game of the season. Um, he actually threw two touchdowns in that in that absolute slobber fest of, of rain. Um, but I'll say this. Now three weeks in, he hasn't completed more than eight passes in a game, and hasn't attempted more than 17 passes either. Uh, three total touchdowns and four interceptions. Uh, both him and his play catchers, sorry, his pass catchers, are unplayable. Yeah. Uh, just, just like, straight up. You can't play Justin Fields. If you were playing him, you were, like, in the deepest of leagues or the most, the most down bad at quarterback imaginable. So <laughs> I don't know how you were found yourself in that position. Maybe a dynasty league where you traded away your assets, but... Um, no, regardless, his pass catcher is Darnell Mooney, you know, big preseason breakout candidate. Uh, he can't, he can't possibly produce with these, with this volume that Justin Fields is being allowed to have. So it's just not viable. Cole Komet, drop him. Darnell Mooney, uh, if you're three and oh, if you're two and one, maybe you can hold on to him. If you're oh and three, drop him, please, because you're not doing yourself any favors keeping him. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the running backs quickly. So David Montgomery, he has a knee and an ankle injury, mm-hmm. I believe on the same leg. Um, considered day-to-day, which surprises me a little bit, I would monitor his status closely because that just seems like the mechanism for a running back not being able to produce. I mean, you kind of need your knee and your ankle when you're a running back. Um, (laughs) You know, if it were a quarterback, I'd be like, ah, well, you know, you can stand in the pocket, deliver some good passes. But uh, for a running back, that's just not really a a, a recipe for success. So someone that I think is in a great position to capitalize on this, and we saw it last week, was Khalil Herbert. 30.9 fantasy points, uh, 20 carries for 157 yards and two touchdowns also caught two balls for 12 yards he performed tremendously in montgomery's absence and to give some context on how desolate running back is this season khalil herbert is running back eight overall off of one big game right now granted three games played but i mean come on um, when Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert are inside the top eight, we've got a problem. Um, but he is a must-start if Montgomery misses, so monitor that status. Moving on to the Giants, Saquon Barkley, your RB1. Now, granted, like we keep mentioning, everyone else is underperforming, but he is finding a way to get it done. 22.6 fantasy points, had 14 carries for 81 yards, and a touchdown, four catches on four targets for 45 yards, He's he's delivering on his ADP and then some right now. So, not I don't see how you pivot away from him. You can't sell high. Um, I think this is going to be more the norm. I, I don't expect him to finish his RB one, but he's got a good head start on the field. So, um, he's got that going for him. Unfortunately, we have to discuss Sterling Shepard's ACL injury. Happened very late in the game. It was really unfortunate. 
Um, his season's over. And then what does this leave for the pass catchers on this team? I mean, Kadarius Tony can't play on the field. He can't stay healthy to play. Uh, Kenny Galladay is getting like three snaps a game. Three snaps. Um, <laughs> I mean, the next man up is Richie James, who I think we... I don't remember if we talked about we him did. or not last season. Or last yeah, week or we Not did. last season, but last week, yeah. yes. Um, and his career has his career has like completely been obscure because he's been like just kind of wallowing away on the San Francisco roster for the past four seasons, yeah. I want to say. Um, but now he's like their number one guy. He's been getting double digit fantasy points for multiple weeks, uh, just kind of hovering around 10 points every week. Um, not a ton of upside there, not yet at least. And so like in really deep leagues, I would say keep an eye on him. Um, yeah, he might be worth picking but man, up, it's like, but it's it's Saquon and nobody else as far as who's making your starting. Well, yeah, lineup. he's like, but he's Richie James is like rostered in like two and a half percent of leagues. That's so, way too low. Uh, he's he he's yeah, is it too low? Honestly, yes. I mean, I, I mean, yes, no, you're well, right. I, okay, now I see it's sixteen percent. So maybe yesterday waivers upped that a bit, but no, I, I agree. Yeah. I know what you're about to say. It's not like I'm super intrigued, but you might as well take a shot because if whoever's at the bottom of your bench. I feel like you probably have I, a, yeah. a better chance of thinking that this guy can take even more of a role after Sterling Shepard uh, has been. Yeah, here's a fun season. here's a fun little name game for you. Would you rather have Darnell Mooney or Richie James? <laughs> I guess Rich. I get Richie <laughs> so, James. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> probably Richie know. James because of you can't have a wide receiver on a team that is completing eight passes a game. Right. Yeah, I mean, unless they're all all eight of them are going to Darnell yeah. Money, which they aren't. Yeah. So, uh, let's go ahead and pick this game. I see you have chosen the Giants as the home favorite. Yeah. Uh, I can't disagree with you. I think that uh, just all around, unless Justin Fields gets unleashed in this game and throws for more than, oh, I don't know, 20 passes, maybe they can get something done. But it just looks like the Bears are not good. Um and that's not really surprising whenever they don't really invest in their young quarterback, any talent around him. I mean, no. uh, it was just announced that Byron Pringle is heading to IR. That's uh, not a not a significant loss, I would say, but it's, uh, it's just one less person uh, to catch the balls that are rarely getting thrown there. Yeah. So we're going with the Giants on this one. Yep. All right, let's talk about Titans at the Colts. So... Uh, here's some good news. Derrick Henry actually kind of looked like Derrick Henry, <laughs> but there's a bit of a twist here. He got six targets and five catches for 58 yards in this game. So it's really great to see an increased role in the passing game. However, it seems to be coming at the uh, detriment, we'll say, to the remaining pass catchers on this team. Uh, when Derrick Henry is the team leader in receptions, we have a problem, right? So Robert Woods had 12.5 fantasy points. He got four catches on nine targets. You like that uh, for 85 yards. But it just feels like there's no upside in this passing offense. I mean, Robert Woods is on the later half of his career by no stretch of the meaning. But, uh, I mean, come on. This team just looks like it has no offense outside of Derrick Henry. And and speaking of, Traylon Burks, man, two targets. He had one catch for 13 yards, finished with 3.1 fantasy points. It, is he a hold or a fold? Because I'm, I'm right now I'm thinking of my my boy, Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. 
What's going on here? I think you have to keep a hold of Traylon Burks. I mean, this is really weird. This is his least, the game where he's had the least targets and least receptions, but he kind of considerably had the mo- the highest snap percentage in this game. So, weird, but if anyone's going to find consistency, I feel like it's going to be the rookie that they invested in. So, hold on to him, although I'm not excited about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think it's kind of similar to it's not as desperate as the Darnell Mooney situation, but I feel like if you're in a position where you need to pick up a player, he's probably the lowest on your bench. And yeah. I, I mean I wouldn't fault you for picking him up for like or for dropping him for, you know, a Zay Jones or sure. a player like that. So uh, we're already past waivers of course, but uh, just just worth mentioning, I think that people need to realize that there may not be anyone in this passing game that's that's worth rostering, and that's kind of concerning. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Colts now. Man, another disappointing game for Jonathan Taylor owners, or managers rather. But um, 12.1 fantasy points. He did get the workload, 21 carries, only had 71 yards, uh, three catches on five targets for 20 yards. So good to see his workload increase from last week's 10-touch game which is just completely unacceptable. That is a horrible mismanagement of that offense. Um, But this team actually surprised probably everyone by beating the Chiefs. So I don't know what to make of this team right now. Um, They really struggled against the, uh, the Texans and absolutely got crushed by the Jaguars. (laughs) So the fact that they then turned around and beat the Chiefs, was a huge shock to me and I'm sure many others. Um, also want to quickly mention Alec Pierce, who uh, in his first game back, I believe, is that correct? He missed, yeah, yeah, he he missed, missed week two. two. So, Which, that, uh, with a concussion, let me say that, and I always have to get his name in, but Pittman and Pierce were both out in that week two game where they got demolished by the Jaguars, so uh, don't mm-hmm. forget that, but it was still embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, Alec Pierce got 9.1 fantasy points, Played 40, 45% of the snaps. I think he's worth monitoring on waivers um, if he's available in your league because uh, we saw we saw Ashton Doolin uh, have a great game. Obviously, Pittman was absent for that one. Don't get started on that. But um, <laughs> I still think that, you know, Pierce has some upside in this offense, and so I'm, I'm monitoring him because I think he looks like a good player. So... Uh, we're both picking the Colts in this one. The Titans look really bad. Um, of course, managed to beat the, the Raiders last week, and I know you're pumping your fist in the air for that one, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just This, this to me, seems like a game that's just going to be not good. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, though. Chargers, who, by the way, also stunk last week, <laughs> and the Texans. So... Austin Eckler, I, I got I got I got beef here, man. Thirteen point three fantasy points. He got fifty six percent of the snaps, twelve total touches. What are the Chargers doing with him? He got eight catches. That's awesome. But how do you get four carries for five yards with Austin Eckler? You know that Sony Michelle had more carries than him. He had a five, but had more carries than Austin Eckler. What are they doing? That's weird. I don't know what they're doing. But again, just his his receiving work. Uh, keeps his floor high, but that's gross. I don't know what they're doing with him. I mean, they were without <laughs> Keenan Allen last week, right? 
So yes. effectively, they're like, all right, Austin Eckler, you're a wide receiver this game <laughs> with how they used him. So it's weird. I guess but, so. But, you know, that's the versatility that you like in him, even if this isn't exactly how you like to see it. But that's versatility. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said at the top of the show, you know, don't panic on all these uh, early round running backs. They're going to figure it out. But it's just worth mentioning, man. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you mishandle one of your most talented players, especially down one of your best players in Keenan Allen. Like, Austin Eckler should be getting 15 carries, 12, 15 carries a game, and this kind of receiving look, uh, these kind of targets in in every week. It's just, like, I don't know how they how they don't manage to yeah. do that. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm not a head coach. I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the pass catchers. Obviously, Keenan Allen did miss this game with a hamstring injury. Um, fantasy managers are really missing Keenan Allen, man. Uh, he is a such a reliable talent on teams every year, and right now I know I know several people who are missing him, uh, and he is expected to return to practice this week. Monitor his status; it would be a big addition to this pass catching offense. Um, Mike Williams caught one ball for a touchdown, which kind of saved his day. Weird. Um, and then Jalen Guyton, he tore his ACL in this game. Mm. So Joshua Palmer is looking more enticing. He got just under 16 fantasy points, uh, nine targets, six catches, 99 yards. He has been a double-digit fantasy scorer in back-to-back weeks. And if Allen misses week four, I'm definitely okay flexing Joshua Palmer. Um of course, when Keenan Allen returns, I think his role is kind of more up in the air, kind of like a KJ Osborne or a Tyler yeah. Boyd. Um, definitely not as reliable as he has been uh, in the in the games that Allen has missed, but uh, that is worth monitoring as the week progresses. Let's talk about the Texans now, who... Let's go ahead and give a round of applause for Damian Pierce. He finally took this role. Uh, 18.1 fantasy points, 20 carries, 80 yards, a touchdown two catches on two targets for 21 yards um that's really reassuring that you know if you didn't panic early on damian pierce if you didn't drop him or you know i I don't know how you could have afforded to trade him that early in the season but it seems like his workload is increasing in a positive way and it's translating on the field uh and I think that he's probably a flex play in this game. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to look at those numbers, 22 touches for a running back, and say you can't start him. I'd like to right. see him consistently do that. But, yeah, I, I think you're getting a little too picky if you don't start a player who just did that. A rookie, no less. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and on that same note, I agree with you that the Chargers are going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just going to bounce back from the loss against the Jaguars from last week. Um, Yeah, they have to. I think Herbert will get it done, and, you know, if Keenan Allen's active too, that helps even more. True that. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about the Browns at the Falcons for this next one. I want to talk about Amari Cooper. 23.1 fantasy points. He had 11 targets, 7 catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. This is back-to-back weeks with double-digit targets, specifically 101 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) Um, So is Cooper legit in this offense? We were kind of concerned about him opening week. I'd say yeah. I think you have to look at him as a player that's legit. I mean, 
two out of his three games, his two most recent games have been great. Jacoby Brissett obviously favors him out of all the other pass catchers, although we're about to talk about someone he just threw the ball more to in this particular game. But yeah, I think Amari Cooper is... Uh, well, more completions too, but not more. Yes, actually. that's true. But I think Amari Cooper's legit. I mean, that's... Uh, those are wide receiver two, even wide receiver one numbers in back-to-back weeks. Oh so, yeah, for sure. Um, you can't look at that and be like, oh, but it's not a great quarterback or they, they're a team that runs the ball a lot. He's getting those numbers. So, Yeah, and I would just say, I think with Amari Cooper, he does have a tendency to have these kind of boom-bust weeks, week to week. Um, definitely not the most consistent player in fantasy by any means, but in terms of the volume that he's seeing recently, it is reassuring if you roster him. Um, that he may be returning on your on his ADP and kind of uh, increasing in value, we'll say, in trade in trade discussions. Yeah. Um, so the man that you were referring to, David Njoku, he had nine catches on ten targets for eighty nine yards and a touchdown. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to pour a little bit of water on this fire. Yeah. Um, this is his best game since week five of 2021 by more than ten points. So. It's great. He had a great game. That's wonderful. Is he the next like is he the next guy to take over the tight end role uh, in fantasy leagues? Probably not. Now, if this kind of usage sustains, which I don't expect it to, then I, you know I'll I'll admit that I was wrong. But I feel like based on that sample size of games between week five of last year and week three of this year there's enough indicating that this is going to be an anomaly this is going to be a standout game and i'm just not i'm not i'm not sold on njoku yet so uh what are your thoughts yeah on that? i mean i think that's fair um because you're pulling from a lot of different games but he is getting a high snap percentage and 10 targets i'm not gonna jump on him well yeah but who else is even on the team i'm not that doesn't change the fact that he's got the opportunity i'm not saying go after him this week but if he puts up another solid week i think that um i would not fault you for going after him but yeah let's let's see what he does this week i wouldn't be super excited so i i am more with you let me make that clear Mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean this is a player (laughs) that a lot of his career he's had another tight end there that's been relevant um, so maybe we sure. can see an emergence for someone. He's only 26, and they don't have a lot of uh, people in front of him. So that's the only thing I'm saying that could provide more potential games like this. Yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, let's talk about the Falcons on this one. So Cordero Patterson, 22.3 fantasy points. Um, he's looking more like a running back than he <laughs> was uh, later in the season. But the thing that I'm... The thing that I'm referencing is 17 carries, 141 yards, a touchdown, only one catch on one target for 12 yards. So two out of the three games so far this season, he has had 120 or more rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, So is this like early season Patterson where, you know, last year he broke out and was like a waiver wire league winner potential guy? Um, Or is this something that you can expect to sustain season long? I think... You can never say you expect something to sustain season long for Cordero Patterson, but the fact that he's being used as a running back and doing these numbers and it's not just baked into just, you know, basically wide receiver production alongside of it, I think that does make mm-hmm. you feel safer. More of a Debo Samuel type role. Yeah. 
I sure. think that makes you feel safer about yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you from that perspective. My, my concern, I guess, is just his advanced age relative to other running backs in the mm-hmm. league. Um, and I'll ask a, a secondary question to you is like, what do you do if you roster Patterson? Obviously this is a, a running back in a, in a league that is struggling to produce at that position. So I don't know if there is really a sell high opportunity here because what are you going to get? You know, I mean, uh, you can always try. He's currently RB six and PPR scoring so you're starting him if you have him i would say and some people might be like oh yeah i only remember the good parts of patterson season last year here he is again why did i not draft him i think that's a possible narrative uh for someone that would be willing to trade for him so potentially but i agree i think i think a lot of people do know that patterson is just a weird player i mean he's 31 years old and uh the first time he was even in the top Let's look at this. He's only been in the top 40 in the position for scoring his rookie season and last season. Mm. That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, no, he he is a very unique player when you look at his when you look at his yeah. career. Yeah, I guess. Uh, all right, you still have Kyle Pitts to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about Pitts, who finally finally double digit points. But hey, you know. The Atlanta Falcons aren't interested in winning winning fantasy games. They're interested in, in winning real football yep. games. So, despite that, they used Kyle Pitts and they won a game. So I don't know what Arthur Smith is going to do with that information, but I'm hoping that they keep it up because Kyle Pitts was drafted relatively early for tight ends. Um, obviously, not in the realm of Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, but he was the next guy up typically, and so. People who invested in him need game, more games like this, hoping that it comes uh, uh, moving forward. Uh, let's go ahead and pick this game now. Uh, this is one where I might go against well, you. Well, I'm feeling the Falcons, so maybe you are going to go with me. No, I'm going to go Cleveland. Right. This is one where I feel I feel comfortable taking the opposite that you do, that you do on this one. Um, to me, I think Cleveland is just probably going to run down the Falcons' throat on this one. Obviously, I could be wrong. I would be <laughs> not happy about that. Um, but the Browns are actually one-point favorites on the road here. So if that's any indication, um, hopefully that works I out. I do for agree me. with the and, spread uh, that it's close, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hand this off to you. All now. right, I'll take over. So I'll first, the first game I'll talk about is Commanders at Cowboys. So with the Commanders, they got destroyed against the Eagles last week, so I'll just say the Eagles are legit, and we'll talk about them more later. Um, but tough day for the <laughs> Commanders. Carson Wentz got sacked nine times. Uh, that's not ideal for him. That's a lot of sacks. Yeah. Um, and yet, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson all saw at least eight targets, so McLaurin's a must-start. I think Samuel is a very safe flex and i think dotson um is intriguing but um you have you, uh, you're obviously holding on to him i don't know if i'd start him because he has been the yeah. touchdowns have been the thing that has been putting him into double digits consistently um right. so we'll see what happens there but mclaurin and samuel are safe production without touchdowns and uh the fact that wentz got sacked nine times against a good team and still threw the ball and targeted those players that much i think is reassuring for their values do you agree 
I do, and, I, and I'm looking at Dotson's game log here. Two catches on eight targets for 10 yards is obviously not something you like to no. see, uh, but the targets are there, and that is reassuring. So I think they bounce back, obviously, against the Cowboys this week, um, although I would say of those three, I'm least confident in Dotson as you yeah. are. And uh, just to briefly talk about Antonio Gibson, even though we've kind of hated on him all season, regardless on if he did really well or not fantasy-wise, um, he scored a rushing touchdown and only had 11 fantasy points, so that means five points outside of the touchdown. Not good. And uh, I think Brian Robinson's return is... I don't think it's this week. Uh, I don't know exactly what the timeline is for that, but it, it's getting closer and closer. And Yeah, so I just want to quickly say, like I, I've read that his expected time or return timeline is week five, but there's no real reports from the team that are really being forthcoming with when he's expected to be back. But it's like, you know, he got placed on on injured reserve at the beginning of the year, and so he had to miss those first four games. Um, so yeah, that is kind of a question mark still. Yeah. So we saw Wentz negatively regress, but we're seeing two, maybe even three pass catchers that are fantasy valuable in this team, and that's more than I think anyone expected going into the season. So um, that's reassuring for sure. But we can move on to the Cowboys. Uh, monitor Dak Prescott's thumb injury because last I checked, he claimed it's more likely he'll play in week five rather than week four, but I think there still is a possibility. Yeah. But bank on Cooper Rush Yeah, he playing. just got those stitches just got those stitches taken out of his hand. Sorry to no, pick it off, but um, it, yeah, uh, it, it is much more likely that he'll be back in week five rather than this week. Uh, because of that, it's going to be a little too soon, I think, to force him back into game action. But, you know, with Jerry Jones, he might be rolling him out there uh, <laughs> just no matter yeah, what's going on. It wouldn't on. be wise to do so. so. I mean, Cooper Rush, I think I saw, yeah. is undefeated as a starter for the Cowboys. Uh, that's kind of an interesting stat. I think that's only like four or five games, but that is interesting. You know, I saw a really funny tweet the other day saying, uh, and apologies because I can't credit the person who said it, but um, because I don't know who they are. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, it was basically saying, hey, Cooper Rush better be careful. He's going to be playing for the Panthers. I, I saw that tweet too. That is funny. That is funny. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'll continue with this, like the injury reports for the Cowboys because they have quite a few. Monitor Dalton Schultz knee injury, which kept him out of week three. Um, so keep an eye on that. I think they had two rookies that they played at the tight end, but you're not really looking to add either of them. You just want Schultz when he gets back. Um, yeah. Monitor Michael Gallup's knee injury as he could make a season debut this week. That changes a lot of things. I'm not. I don't. I'm not even talking about Noah Brown. I think is the same specifically who's been relevant unexpectedly yeah. wide receiver wise. Uh, let's see what happens when Michael Gallup comes back. Uh, CD Lamb. Mm-hmm had a really good game a great touchdown catch so let's give him props because we hate on him a lot previously yeah. because he did have a good game but um yes yeah i mean we're still we still looked at him as a wide receiver one but definitely on the lower end for sure um but yeah this is a wide receiver one game right here so good job cd lamb i don't want to be unfair to you <laughs> so no no that's completely yeah. fair. yeah i'm with you talking about the running backs um it's kind of the theme of this Cowboys team. We're always talking about these two and how it was last season, too. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 14.5 fantasy points, 15 carries, 73 yards, and a touchdown, and one reception on one target for two yards. He played 64% of snaps. Um, this was his first double-digit fantasy scoring game of the season, thanks to that touchdown. Ooh. Yeah. So 64% of snaps of him for him, and uh, Tony Pollard had 44% of snaps, so I guess they were on the field together at some point. 
But Tony Pollard had zero receptions on one target, but ran for 105 yards on 13 carries. So he was more efficient. I don't know if that was one big run, but usually Pollard's taken away receiving work from Zeke, which hurts him. And it's not like Zeke got a ton from this, but that hurts Pollard's independent value if he's not getting that receiving work because 105 yards and that's all your points would be kind of disappointing. But you're not really looking to start him anyways with Zeke being there. And Zeke is still getting those goal line carries, which keeps them ahead of Pollard um, consistently. Do you agree with that? I do, and I was just checking. Um, he had a 46-yard rush early in the second quarter. Okay. So um, kind of a big play that inflated those numbers, but still, I mean, you know, they all count the same. So yeah, um, we're both picking the Cowboys for this one. They're the home favorite uh, three points over the Commanders. The Commanders are just like their defense is so bad. Yeah. So I think, honestly, what it really comes down to is that I think Cooper Rush is going to be good enough yeah. to get the job done. Um, their defense is pretty formidable, especially Micah Parsons. He's a great player, yeah. a great pass rusher. And so I think the commanders might be in trouble in terms of uh, protecting Carson Wentz for a consecutive week. Yeah, and we're talking about how many fantasy relevant wide receivers on the commanders there are because of the game script they're always in. So I guess you got to remember mm-hmm. that. All right, we'll move on to yeah. uh, Jaguars at Eagles. <laughs> Another Jaguars upset? <laughs> we'll see oh, probably dude. not we'll be bold i'm gonna go that. ahead and pick the eagles i'll just say that now but let me do my analysis <laughs> for the jaguars so surprisingly big win okay, over okay. the chargers as we already said i mean they're missing keenan allen and i know they've had they've had quite a few defensive injuries i've heard um for a team that was touted to be one of the best defenses because of all the uh, free agent acquisitions they had in the offseason so um i don't even know all the names off the top of my head but i've just seen a lot of reports about injuries for the chargers but yeah you're an offense yeah exactly you don't don't really follow but let's talk about the jaguars themselves because they had multiple relevant fantasy producers um james robinson uh as someone who has travis Etienne, i hate reading this but 20.6 fantasy points for robinson 17 carries for 100 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown three receptions 16 yards 58 percent of snaps (sighs) no one really thought that this would happen they thought it'd be the etn show and etn did get double digit scoring did get a double digit score 10.5 fantasy points um mm-hmm. had three receptions on three targets as well 13 carries for 45 yards that's not bad usage but he's clearly behind james robinson um yeah yeah i mean james robinson looks electric when he's on the field yeah. and that is exactly why he's taken this role from etn um i just hope that you know if you drafted Travis Etienne earlier in drafts that you snagged James Robinson as that handcuff and it and if you did it turned out to work out really well for you I did that in one of my ESPN leagues um and I have started James Robinson since week two and had Etienne on the bench um because it's just a clear split that Robinson's their guy and as long as that is the case it's gonna be James Robinson's role to lose so yeah, I, I definitely understand the pain that you're feeling in terms of drafting drafting someone super early and just not it not working. Yeah, out. I mean, um, it's not like Etienne's completely absent. He's just clearly behind Robinson. Like, because it, yeah, it's sure. 60-40, roughly. Mm-hmm. So, if anything would change, I don't know why they would, though. So, that's what that's what uh, makes it difficult to be super optimistic yeah, about Etienne's it would probably, outlook. Yeah, probably have to take an injury. Yeah. 
Um, Christian Kirk is the wide receiver six in PPR scoring. That's a fun fact. If you drafted him late as a, kind of a sleeper, not like he was super late, but you def- definitely drafted him as a bench player, you got to be ecstatic right now, yeah. and it seems legit. I mean, this... How about how about the Jaguars? They have to be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, they make his, his contract... So him and Kenny Galladay have similar contracts, if not identical contracts. Wow. Um, try that one on first yeah. place. I mean, the Jaguars have to be absolutely stoked that they got christian kirk because he is delivering um and this team looks like really surprisingly good this season so uh let's go let's go ahead and talk about zay yeah jones. zay jones uh someone i've targeted on the waivers in both of my leagues he had 24.5 fantasy points 10 receptions on 11 targets and a receiving touchdown 85 yards i mean this has been a player that's been in the league for a little bit and hasn't been super uh consistently relevant but it's clear that he <laughs> that's that's generous to say yeah, it, it's clear that he's I, I i know the the biggest highlight in my eyes of zay jones is he he got up from the ground i don't know if you've seen that clip got up from the ground really cool <laughs> I, <laughs> look it up after this or look it up now if you're listening it, it's maybe, really cool maybe edit it into the video yeah, because i have no idea what you're talking it, it's about. really cool i hope i'm thinking of the right person but Oh man, that's really cool. It's yeah. so cool. Well, regardless, put it in the video because yeah. I want to know what okay. you're talking about. 24 targets on Zay Jones across the first three games. He's legit in my eyes. Seems legit. Yeah. Yeah. Wide receiver two behind Christian Kirk. I would like to think that Lawrence can support two wide receivers. So I think he's legit. You know, it's, I know, and it's really funny that like we're talking about these two guys in this offense because before the season started, you looked at the roster and you're like, man, uh, who's going to catch the football for them? Yeah. Um, so these guys are performing and as the season progresses, you got to adjust if it's, if it's happening on the field, that's where you got to put it in your fantasy rosters. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the Eagles and I'll really just focus on Devonte Smith. I think he might've won, um, NFC offensive player of the week with 30.9 fantasy points, eight receptions on 12 targets for, and a receiving touchdown and 169 receiving yards. Wow. That's a lot better. Th- Solid. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, college Heisman <laughs> winner back in back in his day, and he had zero receptions in week one, and now he did this. So I guess I'll ask you, you think, not like a performance like this, but he's leg- legit in this team to be just right behind A.J. Brown most weeks. He wasn't this week, but and be consistent? You know, I would like to say yes, because I think that Jalen Hurts is really improving yeah. as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the rushing numbers are still high, and that's helping his uh, floor remain high as well. But, um, yeah, Jalen Hurts seems to be an improved passer, and that's what we were hoping for uh, this preseason, this offseason, talking about Jalen Hurts, that if he could make that next step, that he could kind of flirt with elite status at QB. So, yeah, I mean, he's looking like one of the best options uh, outside of Lamar Jackson, of course. But, um, yeah, I, I think that Devonta Smith is going to be a, a, a safe uh, play most weeks uh, at the very worst as a flex. Yeah, so I definitely would not say sell high um, because I think it's going to be legit. I mean, if someone's, like, really excited about yeah. this one game, but I don't think anyone's going to be doing that because <laughs> A.J. Brown's there. So. Right, an Alabama fan, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Um, They've got plenty to choose from. Yeah. So. But as you said, Jalen Hurts is proving himself, so A.J. Brown proves to be reliable. Um again and the only negative for this team which they didn't really need to do anything outside of Devonte smith it seems because of how well he did but miles sanders kind of got lost in the background 
and he's only averaging two receptions per game, so that limits his floor. Mm-hmm. Um, we're liking how he's looking this season more than previous seasons, just because he's act- he's actually found the end zone once this season, which is better than last season already. But, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's 100% improved. When Hurts runs and also doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns um, and doesn't throw a lot of passes to Miles Sanders specifically, it hurts his floor. But, I mean, he is involved in this team, and he is the clear RB1 in the team but you know it's a team of Jalen Hurts it's just like talking about Ravens running backs it's there's only so right. much upside that you can say limited upside yeah. yeah but we both think the Eagles 100%. are going to win this game and uh continue to be yeah. undefeated yeah I think the Jaguars honestly I think the Jaguars got away with a lot against the Chargers last week and I just don't think the Eagles with their defense as it stands you know the Chargers are a little banged up on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, uh, missing Joey Bosa, of course, and J.C. Jackson. So I think it's a different defense that the Jaguars are coming up against this week. Um, and, of course, Jaguars, or Eagles at home, rather, um, has proven very tough yeah. So thus far. So going Eagles with this yep. one. Yep. All right, we'll move on to Bills at Ravens, which should be a good game. Um, yeah, so, that's going to be the number one game of the week, I hope. Yeah, and we already talked about the Bills a little bit. Um, they lost against the Dolphins last week, but we still view them very highly. Um, yeah. And Lamar Jackson's going off, but I'll talk about some players in specific. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I know you dropped him, so this is going to be a little bit of a fun discussion, but he had 21.2 fantasy points, uh, 51% of snaps. That probably shows how I actually feel about him, but do you think this is legit? So... <laughs> No, I don't, and here's yeah. why. Like, and this is why I don't feel bad at all for dropping uh-huh. him because one, I know, yeah, you, you, you were wrong, <laughs> but uh, no, Isaiah McKenzie, like you said, fifty-one percent of the snaps. Here's the thing, I was never considering starting him to begin yeah. with. Um, he was bench depth on my team. I, I dropped him for Sterling Shepard, who obviously was seeming like he had more upside on the Giants roster um, with how their pass catchers are going. Obviously, it looks bad now that Sterling Shepard tore his ACL, but um, I don't I don't knock the process because Isaiah McKenzie did absolutely nothing when Gabriel Davis didn't play in Week 2. Yeah. And only getting 51% of the snaps is not a reliable usage um, for any fantasy wide receiver. So... No, I'm not really torn up about dropping McKenzie. Um, uh, no one has claimed him, so I could always turn around and pick him right back <laughs> yeah. up. But I really won't because the, the the usage that he's getting is not reliable. So let's uh, let's move off of that because I think honestly it's it's noise. It's not. I noise. agree. Um, so talk about Devin Singletary because usually I'm harping on this backfield, but he had 24.1 fantasy points. Uh, nine carries for 13 yards. That's not where he got him. He got him for nine receptions on 11 targets and one receiving touchdown for 78 yards. Um, he was in the 50% range for snap count in week one and two, and then did 73% in week three. Um, I think you still have to keep an eye on him and not get too excited. I mean, this is kind of his form going into the end of last season was amazing, um, but mm-hmm. he hasn't really picked it back up yet. So let's see if he can continue it. So I would be cautious of Singletary, but you love to see this, especially if you started him last week. 
Yeah, but let's let's keep in mind though, because you know we talked about it with the Bills on one half, or sorry, the 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 Dolphins only having thirty nine offensive plays. Josh Allen had forty two completions for sixty three pass that attempts in this game. He threw the ball sixty three times. So are these numbers a little overinflated? I would say absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you know maybe take it take it with a little less. You know, put an asterisk on it because there's just there was way too much volume, passing volume in this game that that these players aren't going to really ever achieve those numbers again. This yeah, and I completely I agree. It's just still good to see him get receiving work, even if it is inflated, because previously he only had two receptions each game. Yeah. So the fact that you can see he can yeah, do it right. in this passing offense, that's the only thing I'll pull away, but I agree. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, and maybe it's a maybe it's an indication that Zach Moss is going to be playing a little bit less. Um, obviously, James Cook only played in 12% of snaps, yeah. but... Um, yeah, maybe if anything, it's an indication that Singletary is kind of taking that that leadership role back in that backfield, yeah. and that would be a good a good sign for uh, managers of that. Yeah, player. and as you mentioned, Cook he got his first receptions with four in this game. Again, a little bit inflated, but he hadn't registered a reception before this uh, week. So, you know, if he gets more involved there, that's bad for Singletary, but good for him. But again, we just got to see a week where Josh Allen doesn't throw the ball that many times. All right, let's talk about the Ravens. Yeah, um, Lamar Jackson. Wow, I am so glad. I am so glad I drafted him. He's like single-handedly carrying my team right now. He, he, he almost has QB one numbers without his rushing yards, and RB one numbers without his passing yards. I, I saw a tweet about that. That is insane. He is fancy MVP right now. I agree. Um, and Mark Andrews, you know he's fifth. Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to say he's fifth in the league among all players in rushing. Yeah. That, that's just insane. So. And he didn't even rush a whole lot in week one, but then he had back-to-back 100-plus rushing yard games. He, he He's yeah. playing for his money that he uh, decided to hold off oh, hell yeah. with uh, until this next offseason. So, yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, boomed. 100%. So that's great for him. Um, but Rashad Bateman, I, ha- I was a little bit concerned about him last week on if he could keep it up because it was kind of back-to-back. Uh, long receiving touchdowns, and here we see he had 5.9 fantasy points, two receptions on four targets for 59 yards, so still pretty efficient with that, but one fumble as well. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm super worried about Bateman because I think that Lamar is passing so well that you'd like to think that Bateman has a safer floor than this, but I don't want him just to be reliant on a deep touchdown. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, but so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to look up Lamar's uh, passing numbers. I think he's just being really efficient. He is being really efficient. I think um, there was a point yeah, in time 30, in that game where he had four passing touchdowns with fewer than 200 pa- uh, passing yards. I don't know how it ended up being, but I think that was... No, yeah, you're, you're right on that because, I mean, he hasn't eclipsed 30 pass attempts any game this year, mm-hmm. um, and so that's low volume. It's going to be kind of more difficult for guys like Bateman and um, Devin Duvernay to really get their numbers up in the pass game. I mean, obviously Mark Andrews is going to be fine. He's going to get the majority of the of the passing volume, but yeah, for some of those other pass catchers, it could be tough in this offense if they don't deliver on a touchdown um, for them to have a reliable floor uh, just based on how Lamar Jackson is running this team. Yeah. And with J.K. Dobbins, he made his 2022 season debut, six fancy points on nine touches. So I guess all I'll say for him is keep an eye on him. Again, with the way Lamar's playing, it's not like you're super excited about having a running back, but if he can, if he trends in the right direction and gets higher usage because he is coming back from an injury, 
um, that could be good. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say, you know, if you got through the first two weeks without him and you're okay, then you probably weren't starting him this week, and yeah. hopefully you didn't. Um, I don't know. This one's tough because with where he was going in drafts, he, you know, he might have been your second RB. So it's tough to say. Um but this is not a situation that I envy by any means, rostering J.K. Dobbins. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a wait and see for me. I think this is going to be a really good game, but I'm going to take the Bills. I think that they're going to limit Lamar Jackson enough to make him less efficient, and that's going to hurt that offense, but I, I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I think, I think given how the Bills really underperformed last week, yeah. that they're going to be looking to come into this game and like you said, limit Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's uh, rushing ability, hopefully for their sake. Um, but yeah, no, I'm picking the Bills with you. They are the three-point favorite on the road, which I find a little interesting. Um, but I think it's just because it's the Buffalo Bills, yeah. man. They're, they're, they're one of the best teams in the league. Legit. Uh, we'll move on to the first afternoon game. We'll talk about Cardinals at Panthers. Um, Cardinals are... I can't believe that they are the 1.5 point <laughs> underdog in this game. And I'll just say it right now. I'm picking them. Against Carolina. I'm picking them over the Panthers. But let me talk about some specific Cardinals players. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Brown, 28 fantasy points. He had 17 targets. You know how that makes me feel. 14 receptions, 140 yards. I, I'm not going to say that's reliable, but obviously uh, Kyler likes Marquise Brown, and they had that prior connection playing together in college. So this is kind of more of what you were hoping for of the type of fantasy point total for Marquise Brown to boom like this. And uh, Yeah, let me ask you real quick. Yeah. I know this is kind of off script, but I just wonder if this is a sell-high opportunity because I'm wondering be. when... Yeah, because I'm wondering whenever DeAndre yep. Hopkins returns from suspension in Week 7. Um, I mean, we talked about this in the preseason, that... The, the pass catchers on this team, obviously Rondell Moore has yet to play um, in the regular season, but we talked about Rondell Moore, we talked about Marquise Brown. Um, didn't talk being about Greg kind of up. <laughs> well, nobody does. But um, in terms of an upside play through those first six weeks, um, once Hopkins returns, I'm, I'm a little concerned that these kind of games are going to be more few and far between uh, for these other pass catchers, just because DeAndre Hopkins demands a a good share of the targets because he's, you know, arguably the most talented player on the team. Yeah. Um, so I would not, I would not blink twice if uh, someone were to try to sell high on market. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good a opportunity. Position. If you want to be risky, wait and see if he has another good week this week, but maybe do it before <laughs> this week. Um, I think people I are mean, kind of forgetting. Would be the worst team to do it. I against. know. Uh, I think don't trade him to the team that has DeAndre Hopkins, of course, because I feel like a lot of other people may be forgetting uh, that that is a looming return and that it's imminent. Um, it's week seven that he's eligible yeah. to come back? Yeah. He's out for the first six weeks. So that's still more than half the season to go. Yep. So Greg Dortch, um, 17 points, 10 targets. Wow. Uh, but monitor Rondell Moore's hamstring injury because it's going to be really interesting to yeah. see what happens. I think it's more likely that Moore plays in it's more likely that more plays in week five than week four, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think about Dorch until I see what happens with Rondell Moore, because it, it would be weird to think that Moore is just going to take the back seat to Dorch. Um, yeah. 
I agree with you. I think that um, whenever Rondell Moore does return, if I've been using Greg Dortch in my roster, in my lineup, I'm probably going to bench him just on the off chance that he like disappears. Yeah. Um, we just don't know. And so with where you got Dortch, which is off the waivers, yeah. um, I think you can afford to bench him whenever Rondell returns. Um, but it's just it's something to consider. I think you're on the right track there. Yeah, so we'll move on to the Panthers, who we've already trashed on before even getting to them officially. Um, Baker Mayfield had 12 completions. Hey. <sighs> and yet... Was that in the first half? Or nope. Entire game. First quarter. The entire game. Oh, okay. And yet they're That's a favorite. I don't understand. TJ uh, Moore... <laughs> I mean, okay, McCaffrey's not... I'm just trying to go down the list of players. McCaffrey has yeah. not been astounding, but he's still getting you double digits. You're still starting him, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Robbie Anderson has not replicated his weak pun performance because DJ Moore can't even get anything going. DJ Moore had 2.5 fantasy points. Well, it's all on Baker. Well, yes, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's one of the most inefficient starting quarterbacks If there Moore is. can't get it done because of how Baker's playing, Robbie Anderson's definitely not getting it done either. DJ Moore had 2.5 fantasy points, one catch for two yards. He had more rushes. He had two rushes for 13 yards. More rushes than receptions. He was targeted six times, which I think has happened every single game. This is a little mini rant. Do you think that... uh, This is tough to say because it's Baker at QB, and it seems like he might be the problem after all the things that have happened with players that left the Browns last season, like Odell and did well, and (laughs) Baker coming here not doing any better. But all that being said, could DJ Moore still be looked at as a buy low? Gosh. Um... The problem is I don't know if anyone would be willing to trade him at that value, you know? Yeah. Like, because what are you going to get for DJ Moore? DJ Moore has name value yeah. that, I mean, he's had, what, four consecutive thousand-yard seasons, if not more, he's right? He's legit. I he, he I thought he'd... I know, yeah. I know. It's it's totally Baker and this offense, but um, let me look up his his uh, his history. If this real team quick. doesn't, if Baker doesn't um, get better, or more likely, this team doesn't get a better quarterback in DJ Moore's career, that's going to be one of the biggest wasted talents I've ever witnessed. Because, <laughs> okay, so he so he's coming off three consecutive eleven hundred plus receiving yard seasons. Um, he is not on a good pace to even come close to that at this point. Um, Two, yeah, this week. I think. <clears throat> I think based on... Did I say this week? No, I'm just saying, yeah, he's not on pace oh, because of okay. what he did this week. <laughs> right, yeah. So I do think Baker's the problem. And I remember saying in the preseason that we've never seen Baker really support a top wide receiver. Um, obviously, he's in a different system than he was in Cleveland. But, man, uh, 12 completions, like you mentioned, is just not going to get it done for anybody. No. So uh, including... Christian McCaffrey, who's not really getting used how we expected him to be when drafting him at the number two spot yeah. or number one spot, if you were a little bit more uh, risk-taking. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think as of right now, you <laughs> you got to bench these guys, um, obviously excluding McCaffrey. Um, and for that reason, I- I'm with you. I think that the Cardinals will win this game despite being one-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, the Cardinals are not great, but they're not that bad. I think they've so, been the underdog every game this season. They have been, by betting odds, they have been uh, the underdog. And yes. they're, that is great. they are 1-2, and two, so that's not that doesn't seem ridiculous there. But still, 
<laughs> yeah, Still. but no. Carolina, I don't think Carolina's going to be the ones that beat them. This would be a fun one to pick against you, but since I am already behind <laughs> in the in the picks, I'm not going to just throw one away for this yeah. one. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals on you, with this one on you, with you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and move All on. All right, let's ride because it's time to talk about the most exciting oh, offense in the NFL. Uh, Broncos at Raiders divisional matchup. The 2-1-1 deserving, of course, Broncos versus the 0-3 deserving, of course, Raiders. Oh, the sarcasm is just dripping. Yeah. Um, it's pooling underneath. I mean, maybe, maybe add the Broncos punter. I think he had a really good week. All jokes aside, <laughs> what's wrong? The with only you? <laughs> the only touchdown scored was by Melvin Gordon, so that's great because most people probably started Javante Williams ahead of him. Uh, Gordon had thirty eight percent of snaps. Javante Williams had forty five percent of snaps. Javante Williams had eighteen touches. Gordon had mm-hmm. seventeen. I mean, this is kind of how it felt like last season. I feel like if this offense is more yeah. productive, you of course want Javante Williams more, but Melvin Gordon's still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Melvin Gordon is, like, one of the most talented backups in the NFL. Yeah. Um, he would make the number one spot on a lot of rosters yeah. in the league right now, but he is uh, he's on this team, and he's kind of cannibalizing Javante Williams' uh, value. Uh, that being said, he can't stop starting Javante Williams, I would say, I would argue, uh, despite how just piss poor this team looks on offense. Um you can't stop starting Javante, and I don't know. Can you really, with thirty-eight percent of the snaps, can you justify flexing Melvin Gordon? Not really. I think he benefited no, from this really. team not doing too well because he's taken more of the backseat, fantasy-wise at least. Um, whenever yeah. uh, this offense has gotten a little bit more going than one touchdown, and Javante Williams mm-hmm. has been more involved, so yeah i'd say not really i think javante williams is a starter and gordon probably isn't but it's going to be annoying to have him either of them and see weeks like this um one player that i think is a little bit more legit it seems is Cortland Sutton. if you decide between him and judy about which wide receiver to take because their adp was so close to each other i think if you took sutton you're probably a little bit happier i mean judy's had some injuries and he did have the touchdown week one but sutton had 10 targets eight receptions 97 yards that's great production for a day where they did not do a whole lot offensively. I mean, Russell Wilson didn't throw a passing touchdown. So 17.7 fantasy points for receiver. you got to feel good about that. Uh, Jerry Judy, I'd say don't don't panic too much. He's coming back from an injury uh, that he sustained in Week 2, and he had 59% of snaps in Week 3, whereas he had 89% in Week 1. So I would say there's probably more to the story than just the offense being bad. With him specifically... Um, so, do you agree with that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think the quarterback's no good, honestly. Uh, you, so if you watched last week's um, video that we did for week three, um, I kind of put the I kind of put Carson on the hot seat about Russell Wilson, and I feel justified after this week. Um, Nine fantasy points, just over that. 20 completions, 33 attempts, 184 yards. Six rushes for 17 yards. Hey, he improved there. Uh, big, big impact it made for the team. 
honestly, I, the thing that I'm really the most salty about is that if 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 uh, if Garoppolo hadn't moonwalked out of the end zone and given the Broncos two free points, you would have thrown a pick six. Come on now, that's what happened. Why, why do you say that? Because that's what happened. He that? threw he threw the ball and it was a pick six. Either way, just, fluky. So yes, <laughs> yes. I, I'm just saying because I picked the 49ers to win that game. I think you got bailed oh. out big time. And uh, I don't know. Just either way, I think Russell Wilson's just not good. You can't start him anymore. Mm. I mean, can you at least agree on that? Yeah. Okay. He's not getting the. I, I really don't. He's <laughs> he's pretty good completion percentage, but he's not throwing nearly enough oh, passing touchdowns come on you're like you're <laughs> you're reaching you're reaching for stats i think people i don't saying. think i think it's more of the coaching and a new system that it is russell wilson himself I, personally i still think that he's he's missing throws i'm just saying i i think Cortland sutton is definitely his favorite on that team in terms of targeting so he might be able to stay afloat based on volume right. but if you have judy if you have He's what? a top 20 wide receiver right now. I think saying he might be able Who to... Is? Sutton. Okay. I mean... I... Here we go. It's the Broncos again. Let's just move on to the Raiders, honestly. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. It's All fine. right. Uh, Matt Collins. Who? Um, he had 29.96 fantasy points, which means he must have thrown a pass, but I couldn't see that, but that's why he... Yeah, okay. For four Got yards. Uh, eight receptions on 10 targets, one receiving touchdown, 158 yards. Hunter Renfro was out due to his concussion. Um, I don't even think I need to ask news or noise necessarily, unless you disagree. But Mac Hollins, this was his, this is his sixth NFL season, and he had never caught more than five passes in a game or had more than seventy-two receiving <laughs> yards in a game. So news or noise? <laughs> no, that's a great that's a great stat to pull because I think that this is mostly noise. Um, obviously, a good amount of targets over the past two weeks. But that is with Hunter Renfro absent, um, and I believe that Devontae Adams' targets have kind of been, they've come down back to earth since uh, week one, obviously, where, you know, similar to last season where uh, Darren Waller came out the gates hot with, what was it, 19 targets? Um, or 17, potentially. But either way, yeah, the, the targets are being spread around a little bit more charitably, we'll say, uh, not just force-feeding Devontae Adams. That being said, uh, Matt Collins is... I don't see how you start no. him, honestly. I, I mean, this was this was total fluke. And, um, yeah, I think that Hunter Renfro is going to be back sooner rather than later. And there's just too many more proven pass catchers on this team for Hollins to really uh, sustain any kind of role. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying on this. Yeah, I think he'll fall behind Devontae Adams, of course, fall behind Renfro, fall behind Waller. So yeah, fluke. Um, Josh Jacobs, 14.7 fantasy points, saw five receptions on six targets, and total 18 touches. He saw one reception on one target in both weeks one and two, so you like this, that he got some receiving work. Maybe it was also because Renfro was gone, so he picked up some slack there. But if he can be more consistent with his receiving work, you feel even better about him. But he gets a lot of touches. So... Well, yeah, and I think I think Jacobs is good for, you know, four to six targets a game, uh, typically. So I think they're kind of figuring it out with the new head coach, 
and I'm I'm less concerned about Josh Jacobs. I mean, considering how all running backs are performing, I know we keep talking about it, but like uh, this is this is a good step in the in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I guess Raiders. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna you're gonna begrudgingly pick the I Raiders. I guess Raiders. Oh. I have hope. Okay. First divisional well. matchup, maybe. I don't know. We can move on. <laughs> no, I I think honestly, like not to get back into it, but I think that these teams really should have opposite uh, records. Like the Broncos totally deserve to be on three. No offense to you, I just don't see it on the field. Um, whereas the Raiders have been kind of just unlucky on a few, you know, like a crazy scoop and score and, and other things of that nature. So I know that you'll say it's because of the teams they've played and there definitely is, there certainly is something to be said about that, but they haven't allowed more than 17 points against them. So there's hope for the defense. The offense just needs to get cooking. And it's not well, looking if you good. Believe right in now. the defense. Pick them to win. No, because this is not where <laughs> this is not the hill I'm going to die on. Although I'm not going <laughs> to say no chance. That's what I'll say. But I'm picking Raiders. Okay. All right. All right. Patriots at okay. Packers. Uh, big underdog for your Patriots. Well, that's mainly because Mac Jones is expected to miss multiple games due to a high ankle sprain, and Brian Hoyer is the backup QB. Um. Yeah, uh, in Green Bay, that might be a little bit tough for this team. But let's just let's talk about these receivers because it's been so weird. Um, Jacoby Myers, who we thought sure. was going to be continue to be legit, didn't play in Week Three. So keep that in mind when you see Devonte Parker boom for twenty point six fantasy points, five receptions mm-hmm. on ten targets for one hundred fifty six receiving yards. Uh, Parker had one catch for nine yards on the season before this game. So. <laughs> That, in conjunction with the fact that Mac good. Jones isn't going to be playing, do you feel like Jacoby Myers, if anyone, is the only somewhat reliable pass catcher in this offense, fantasy-wise? Yeah, I do. Based on how they use him in that offense, he's not really like the down-the-field guy. Yeah. He's like closer to the line of scrimmage. And so, more of a safer floor with Jacoby. Um, Devontae Parker is kind of an interesting player in the sense that you know these are this is uh, that doesn't really surprise me a ton he does have the he does have a boom bust type of uh uh characteristic to him and so yeah i mean in the absence of jacoby Devontae steps up that's great the week before it was nelson aguilar and uh it's really just because there's no true alpha in this receiving core so yeah if you're starting any of them i think a jacoby myers uh but you know i would avoid it i think that it's going to be kind of a you know uglier display with brian hoyer and uh it's mainly just the running backs that we're going to focus on next that that may be making the cut uh for your roster so let's talk about yeah so i'll just really look at the stats of each of these players damian harris 12.6 fantasy points 11 carries for 41 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown two receptions on three targets for five yards so that is a touchdown 13 touches on 38 percent of snaps whereas Ramondre stevenson had 20.1 fantasy points 12 carries for 73 yards and a rushing touchdown four receptions on five targets 28 yards so 16 touches 
three more than Harris, and they both scored a touchdown. And he had 62% of snaps versus Harris's 38%. Back-to-back games for Ramondre Stevenson having a higher snap percentage and more yards per carry than Harris. And I already asked you this earlier, so I already know your answer. But yeah, is Ramondre Stevenson taking over? So, I'm not sure. I feel like I still kind of believe that Damian Harris, if he's given the opportunities, is the more talented player. The more talented player. Um, obviously, this stat line doesn't indicate that, but I don't know. I honestly, like, I'm not really, because of how the preseason was looking with uh, the talks of this backfield and Ramondre Stevenson kind of uh, leeching on, onto this role, I was kind of fading on Patriots running backs to begin with. Um, if you roster either of them, I think they're both touchdown-dependent flexes, honestly. So I'm not too all that excited about either one of them. Um, But, I mean, that's kind of what it boils down to. Obviously, the snap percentages are are there to be seen, and and you can take that for what it's worth. Um, But it could, you know, with Bill Belichick, it could be different the very next week. So I don't know. I think that they kind of do a thing where they trade off every drive, and Ramondre Stevens had a back-to-back yeah. drive, I think, at the end of the first half. So it's definitely interesting yeah, how maybe they that use that. gave him the edge. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens to this backfield with Brian Boyer under center, though. Uh, but let's talk about the Packers. Um, they scored 14 points in their win against the Buccaneers. That was a bad... Uh, I tried to go Buccaneers, but they lost. But kind of a boring game, but Aaron Rodgers is without totally, his but- familiar pass catchers and brady was out without any familiar pass catcher so pretty much yeah yeah. no offensive line to help him out uh you know the pass catching situation was abysmal and you know i i saw the writing on the wall i picked the packers and managed to not take another game uh (laughs) out from you on that one but um we're both picking the packers for this one i think that Honestly, there's not a ton of upside. I, I mean, we're going to talk about Romeo Dobbs, who seems to be emerging a little bit. Yeah. But I'm still kind of, I'm still on the fence about Alan Lazard. Like I roster him in a couple leagues, and he just doesn't seem to be getting the volume that would justify starting him every week. Like he's he's managed to get a touchdown every game he's played, yeah. and so that's keeping his value afloat. But it's like. That doesn't make you feel good. So maybe maybe Romeo Dobbs is the guy. Let's go ahead and talk yeah, about Yeah, so the thing I'll say about Lazard real quick is 14.5 points thanks to a touchdown. So he's not doing a lot outside of getting those touchdowns. The reason I like Romeo Dobbs more, which, oh, Sunday morning, there was a brief period in time where I had Dobbs in my lineup over Edmonds. That would have won me my matchup, which did not seem like the case mm. with how Edmonds was doing. But it, it, was, it would have yeah. been bold, but it would have paid off. But... Romeo Dobbs, and keep yeah. in mind, Sammy Watkins is on IR, and Christian Watson was also out in this game. But Dobbs had 89% of snaps, which was a huge increase in the first two games. He had 21.3 fantasy points, eight receptions on eight targets, one receiving touchdown, 73 yards. I mean, he would have had 15.3 points without the touchdown. So that's what makes me think he could be a little bit more legit. He led the team in every receiving stat. I'm excited. I have Romeo Dobbs. I'm excited. Yeah, he was somebody we talked about in the preseason uh, towards the later half of, uh, of those games, talking about how... This guy might have the most upside in this offense because, you know, everyone's touting Alan Lazard as the clear wide receiver one because he's been there the longest. Um, But there was some preseason hype around Dobbs, and it's starting to show itself on the field, and that's exciting if you invested in him. Yeah. Um, So 
Uh, let's talk briefly about the running backs because yeah. I, you know, neither one of them did well, and I don't really. I mean, obviously the Buccaneers' defense against the run is in the top end of the league, but to this to this extent, five point seven for Jones and five point eight for Dylan. Like, what do you think? I mean, you think that's a fluke, or you think it's a matchup, or what do you think? I think just how the game went. I mean, they only scored fourteen points in a win. Um... Right. So I wouldn't panic too much. I think it's interesting to see what has happened so far this season of Jones booming in week two and then this happening and mm-hmm. Dylan almost seeming like he's more reliable. So just keep an eye on both of right. them, but I'm not surprised that they both did poorly in this game at the same time. Yeah. But as we've already said, uh, I'm pretty sure we both are picking the Packers to beat the Patriots in this one. Um, no Mac Jones is just going to hurt them even more. Not that I think he's like a complete game changer, but he's he, he, he gets it done um, for this offense a um, decent number of times. So, Yeah, I think what it really comes down to is, and of course I don't know Aaron Rodgers' record against Bill Belichick, but I just feel like Rodgers and this defense that they seem to have is going to be enough to stop a Patriots team that's missing their starting QB. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to Sunday Night Football Chiefs at Buccaneers. Should be a good one. Yeah, this one might be played in Minnesota. Oh, yes, due to the hurricane, uh, potential hurricane in Tampa Bay, um, as you were telling me about. So, yeah, that would be interesting to see what happens. I don't know exactly what the fantasy ramifications would be if they would do it at the same time and all that, but just keep an eye on that, I guess. Um, Only thing I'll say about the Chiefs, we always say this, and the Chiefs, and a surprise loss of the Colts, as we already mentioned, so keep that in mind. It was kind of a weird yeah. one for them. But sell yeah. high on Clyde Edwards. Alaire, <laughs> please, please, please. Yeah. If, if you're hanging on to him through the first three weeks, you are a gambling man, because I'm telling you, the regression is coming. 40, He's getting no touches. 40% of snaps. 12 touches. <laughs> 12 touches. He got a touchdown. <laughs> he had... Zero rushing Seven yards. I'm carries seeing. on zero rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. <laughs> what? That doesn't even make it sense. It doesn't. I I double checked it. I did. I, I, that's ridiculous. Sell high. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yes, that is hilariously I, that bad. Is a, one of the funniest stat lines I've ever seen to then have a productive fantasy day. I don't know. I mean, you got to like the fact that he's getting receptions. That's the only positive I'll give on him, but he's just not getting enough touches for how he's probably currently valued in a lot of eyes of many people. Um, yeah, if anyone's just, just looking at fantasy points, just blindly, you know, they've t- got tunnel vision on the points. It's a lot of people. Man, sell to that yeah. guy because, or gal, because uh, <laughs> Edward Zolaire is not the guy. I've been I've been saying it for three straight weeks. I'm glad you're on, on the oh, train yeah. now. With, I always have been. Uh, talking about week four. Uh, yeah, no, I know you were with me the whole yeah. time. I'm just saying, like, I've it feels like I've always been the one writing notes for the Chiefs, yes. and so um, it's it's good to know that you, you feel the same way even even here. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Bucks now. Um, yeah, so with the Buccaneers, the only player I'll talk about because they are without Mike Evans, who should return for, will return from a suspension. Um, without Godwin, um, Russell Gage was just able to flourish. No, Julio, no, Jones. Julio Jones too. Yes, that's the other player I was missing. But Russell Gage was able to flourish. Twenty-four point seven fantasy points, twelve receptions on thirteen targets, one receiving touchdown, eighty-seven yards, and a fumble. Um, but I would say that this there's probably too many mouths to feed for Gage to be consistent once everyone in the wide receiver room is healthy. Yeah, the only so would, the yeah. only reason Gage had this type of game is because there was no one else to throw yeah. to. Um, so, like, if you played Gage, good call, but 
moving forward when the rest of the crew is back i don't know how you can so i uh, okay so i've seen you've picked the bucks yeah, here brady in prime time baby that's true <laughs> you know i went against brady last week and it worked out for me but i will not do it here um i'm thinking that with mike evans back it's going to be a completely different game the chiefs defense doesn't scare me and i think brady's going to be looking to kind of have a big game after last week's underperformance um and it's really not any fault of his own it's just he had no one to throw to russell gage was the main guy and obviously he performed well but he is not an alpha yeah so, and the chiefs kind of had a uh, we're both fluky bucks. win in week two against the chargers with a big pick six at the end of the game and then they lost the right. colts right this afc west man wow not performing as people expected thus far we'll see what happens yeah no i think you're yeah i think you're on the right track all right let's talk about the last game we'll talk about um monday night football rams at 49ers divisional matchup um so each of these quarterbacks had 18 completions in week three so kind of skews the discussion with the pass catchers because that's not a ton um no -hmm. pass catcher saw more than four receptions on the rams uh, Cooper Cup still got it done with a 20-yard rush, I believe, um, even though he didn't really boom, yeah. but by his standards, he still... It was a rushing touchdown. Yeah, he still got it done, even though it was a weird day. So let's just talk about the uh, the running backs, the backfield. So literally a 50-50 split between Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. So I guess Akers is going in the right direction. Akers had 10.1 fantasy points, 12 rushes for 61 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he must have also had a fumble, it seems, to go down to 10.1. So no receptions. Yeah. Daryl Henderson, 1.7 fancy points, four rushes for 17 yards, zero receptions on one target. Um, not an exciting backfield. But Akers is going in the right direction. No. Yeah, and that's that's promising. Um, trying to figure out, yet yeah, it doesn't track uh, fumbles for whatever reason. Yeah. But either way... Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's reassuring to see that Akers is getting more of the snaps and more of the carries. Um, maybe returning on investment later or sooner rather than we thought based on how week one yeah. went, especially. Um, but I will say that this was just kind of a weird game for the Rams. Um, I mean, like you mentioned, 18 completions for Stafford is far under what we expect uh, on any given week, especially with Cooper Cup. Um, but I want to quickly talk about Allen Robinson, who is just kind of falling off the face of the earth yeah. for a consecutive season. So what do you make of that? I know you rostered yeah. him, so I think you're the best person to ask. I didn't want to talk about him. Um, I think that it's been... <laughs> I noticed you excluded him. I think him. it's been weird. I mean, week one, they got dominated by the Bills. Week two, he had a touchdown. Um, so he had a good yep. week. Could have had yeah. two. Week three, though, yep. uh, Stafford didn't throw the ball a whole lot. So I'm not completely panicking, but not yeah. super excited either. But there are reasons for right. why it hasn't been great so far. So that's what's keeping me sane. <laughs> Honestly. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, no, I, and I think that we're both picking the Rams to win this one, you know, before we talk about the 49ers. But... I think that, I mean, just because the 49ers do not look very good on offense. No. Um, obviously, George Kittle coming back. And let's go ahead and jump into that, I think. So, just under seven fantasy points. Yeah. 
He played 91% of the snaps. I'm not really concerned about anyone taking touches away from Kittle from a tight end perspective. My main concern is going to be that they just lost their left tackle, and they're probably going to ask Kittle to block more because Mm. he's really, really effective at blocking. So I think my concern is going to be that Kittle's upside is going to be reduced uh, based on that uh, development and... um, just Jimmy Garoppolo is not, not very good at QB. Yeah, um, that's the other thing. So, uh, what else do you want? Yeah, talk Jeff about? Wilson. I'll talk about who actually had a, a pretty good game. Eleven point six fantasy points. Twelve rushes for seventy five yards. Three receptions on three targets. Thirty one yards and a fumble. Played seventy three percent of snaps. I mean, I feel like you got to feel pretty good about him in the absence of Elijah Mitchell for at least it seems probably the next yeah. I don't know, five weeks maybe. He's flex worthy. Yeah, for sure. So. Someone with ETN, uh, Wilson's making that RB2 slot, it seems, right now, <laughs> which is crazy for my team. I'm glad I have Saquon. That's all I'll say. Yeah. But yeah, we're both picking the Rams yeah. to win this one in this divisional matchup, and that uh, that wraps it up for this this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and uh, you got anything else to add before we end it? No, we'll see you next week. All right. Good luck. Peace out, everybody.